more fish and the right way to get on the fish. We'll tell you what's biting and where they're biting. Call the show anytime at 866-801-0940. Share your tips and tricks with us. Now let's bait the hook, toss out the lines, and see what's biting. Here's your floppy hat fisherman, Eric Brandon, along with legendary outdoor sports writer, Steve Waters. Hey, good morning, South Florida. This is Steve Waters. And uh, Eric Brandon, he's on special assignment. So I'll be uh, taking you through today's show. We'll uh, be talking about what's biting offshore, maybe some freshwater fishing, some diving. And of course, we always finish the show with a delicious recipe from Pat Utter at Shenanigans. And uh, I can assure you he's got a good one for us today. But uh, let's go to uh, the captain who always starts off our show, Captain Bouncer Smith. Good morning, Bouncer. Good morning, Steve, and it causes great concern that after 14 years, Eric is blowing us off and doing something besides <laughs> fish talk on Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was a surprise to me, but uh, hopefully he's on his way and uh, maybe just forgot his phone at home. You never know. But uh, I saw um, on social media you've had um, some good wahoo fishing, but uh, maybe, maybe it... Uh, wasn't red hot, but you persevered. So tell us about that. Well, you got that one right, Steve. Uh, we were wahoo fishing in Bimini yesterday, and we wahoo fished almost all morning. Didn't get a well. We we had a little zip, like something hit the lure, but we didn't get tight on anything. Okay. And then we switched our trolling for groupers, or we thought we were trolling for groupers, but. Now there's no more barracudas in Bimini because we took care of that population. Did catch a couple cereal mackerel. And then we were trolling for Wahoo again in the afternoon, which was the ideal tide, the bobbing outgoing tide. And all of a sudden we hit the first Wahoo, circled back around, caught another Wahoo, circled back around, caught a tuna. And then the heavens opened up with 50 knot winds and pouring rain, <laughs> and we should have gone home, but we spent another 45 minutes or so without any more action. But we did have a billfish bite on one of the Wahoo lures the other day, and uh, we caught a couple of Wahoo and a tuna, so all's well that ends well. And then back in Miami this week, we had really good fishing one day. We were uh, fishing on an east wind in the middle of the week, and uh, we had one guy on the boat. And he caught, in the course of the day, he caught three sailfish, a couple of dolphins, a bunch of small sharks, a couple of barracudas. And we did just a little bit of bottom fishing, but the results of a little bit of bottom fishing was after 52 years fishing in Miami, <laughs> I caught a Kubera snapper in the daytime in Miami. Now, you know, I catch a lot of them down off in Key Largo right. all the time. And I've caught numerous in the Bahamas, but I never caught one on our local wrecks here in Miami. And I, we caught a 28-pounder, so I was really thrilled with that. And after that, we didn't get out for a couple of days, but the dolphin fishing, uh, in just a couple hundred feet of water, they were catching plenty of 10- to 20-pound dolphin and a fair amount of sailfish. So fishing's 
really got good in Miami. Uh, today sounds like a questionable day. Probably won't be very rough because we're going to be out of the southwest. But in the afternoon, it's supposed to blow pretty hard. And then tomorrow should be a perfect day uh, for doing some kite fishing anywhere along the coast. And fishing's really been good. Everybody should be fired up. Okay, yeah. I, I was going to ask you about the weather, but <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to find out about that kubera because I know when you do um, your nighttime kubera fishing, you like to use live lobsters for bait. What did this kubera eat? This one ate just a medium-sized pinfish on a wreck in about 200 feet of water. We were using a, our standard rig, uh, one-pound lead, a 30-foot, uh, happened to be a 100-pound leader on this one because we were targeted groupers, and uh, eight o heavy-duty VMC circle hook, and, and this little pinfish, and long came this beautiful fish, when we were fighting it, we had all kinds of visions. It was a <laughs> big black grouper. It was an amberjack. Uh, it real, they really fight hard. So the visions of what it was going to be were amazing. And of all that it could have been, it was the most thrilling that I think we could have caught on a wreck in Miami because it's been a long time coming for me. Okay, so uh, there, there we go. A new story for the Bouncer Smith Chronicles Book 3. <laughs> There you go. Uh, the stories are building up. That's for sure. So, And, and as you mentioned it, uh, we now have the Mount Smith Chronicles uh, first, uh, first book. And now we have Fish On, which is our second book, the future Bouncer uh, Smith, or further Bouncer Smith Chronicles. And, uh, you know, they're inexpensive. Uh, you can get them at Captain Harry's in Miami. Uh, you can get them at Dusty Sports Center in Broward County, and you can get them on Amazon, and they're also available for Kindle. So uh, really, really exciting. It's a lot of fun. They're, you know, they're short stories, a few fishing tips, a couple of recipes, and a whole lot of fun. So you're looking for a Christmas present for the fishing interested person in your life? I don't know how you can beat them. Yeah, I actually, uh, well, as you know, I loved uh, book one, so uh, and so did my dad. So uh he was like, I can't believe how much Bouncer knows about fishing. <laughs> so a lot, lot of great information there. He said, but he was like, I learned stuff I never knew. So very educational oh, and entertaining. Knows, your pops knows how to lose more multiple <laughs> hook rings than anybody I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, he used to be an expert at that. He, he just doesn't get out fishing anymore. So getting back to the weather. So uh, maybe some of our newer listeners don't know that, you know, West Wind, like I was looking online, they were calling, uh, saying for a small craft advisory, West, Southwest winds uh, 10 to 20 knots. But where we live, it's really not a problem if you're fishing reasonably close to shore. So if you can uh, go into that a little bit, educate our listeners about uh, a West Wind. Well, there's a lot to be said for a west wind. First of all, yes, it does make it calm close to shore, which and the Spanish mackerel have been around a little bit this week, so that could be on your list of things to do. It, it makes for good uh, patch reef fishing or inshore reef fishing anywhere along the coast because you hear about the patch reefs of the Keys, but the same types of fish are on the shallow reefs in Dade, Broward, Palm Beach County, 
you go to your bait shop, you get a bucket of shrimp, a couple blocks of chump, and you chump while you're anchored on a reef, and you fish with shrimp is the best bait. But if the ballyhoo come up in your chum, then you uh, you can put out live ballyhoo. You have a chance for mackerel or big button snappers. You can use ballyhoo chunks and target smaller button snappers or mangrove snappers, and the shrimp will produce porgies and uh, all variety of snappers and bottom fish. And the shrimp will produce Spanish mackerel as well. And and like we say, on a west wind, it'll be fairly calm close to shore. But it's very important on a west wind that you don't go out the inlet without an eeper. Right. Because if your anchor fails, your anchor rail breaks or something, and your engines won't start, you're sitting in, in one to two foot waves and everything's beautiful. You start to drift out to sea. And when you get way offshore, you can encounter huge waves. And on a west wind, you're going to blow out into that bad weather if you have an engine failure. So you have an EPIRB on board. If you find the boat won't start, you flip a switch, and the Coast Guard will come to your rescue, and all will be good with the world. Without that EPIRB, you may end up in England. So <laughs> going out of England any day on any boat, you should have an EPIRB on board, and uh, especially on a west wind, you should be sure that your EPIRB works, your VHF radio works, and your anchor's in good condition because we want you to go out there and have fun in that nice calm water and come home to tell everybody about it. Absolutely, and, and EPIRBs are so affordable now. We even have uh, PLBs, personal locator beacons, which... Um, were designed actually for anybody who spends time outdoors, whether you're going into the mountains or the woods or wherever. And uh, you can clip it to your life jacket or have it in your pocket. So if something bad happens, you can uh, let the authorities know you're in trouble and they'll come get you. The, the guy we fished with that had all the luck this week in Miami, he's a prime example of how wise people would go boating today. He wears a a uh, suspender-type life jacket. The inflatable you know, ones, inflated. yeah. It just goes around his neck and goes around his waist. And on that, he has a personal locator beacon fastened right to it. And, and whether he's a solo boater or he's out with us, if anything happens, he's got his life jacket and his locator beacon. So... Anything happens, if he goes in the water, the Coast Guard will be notified of who he is and where he is. And they will dispatch all their hardware to go find a guy who's properly equipped with that personal locator beacon or with an EPIRB, either one. The bottom line is that these devices send a signal to a satellite. The satellite sends a signal back to the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard looks up and the information. It tells them who it is, what size boat they're on, and everything else, or it's a personal locator beacon, who they are, and an emergency contact number. The Coast Guard calls that number. If they don't get an answer, or if it's a significant other, they say, yeah, bouncer's out fishing, then they just dispatch all their best hardware to come to our aid immediately. And uh, boy, it can really give a lot of peace of mind and 
we see every couple of months in South Florida where somebody has disappeared on the high seas and it could all be cured with EPIRB. So please buy one for somebody for Christmas. It's the best investment you can make in somebody you care about. There you go. That's a great tip, Bouncer. Great information as always. So yeah, buy your loved one an EPIRB and a Bouncer's book to number two. So you can't go wrong. So uh, you'll and be in the meantime, we're, while we're still on that west wind, Wahoo fishing is close enough shore to do it. It's a full moon, and it's Wahoo season. So if you can't decide what to fish for today, give those Wahoo a chance because it is the right time, the right time of year, the right moon phase, and a wind that will be calm enough to enjoy it. So nope. okay. good fishing for you. Good stuff. Can we talk to you at 730? Yeah, you betcha. Sure thing. Okay, we will talk to you then. Thanks for getting me off to a good start here. Eric Brandon is, um, I think he's stuck in the research center, so he should be here before too long. Certainly, you can give him grief at 730. (laughs) We sure will. You betcha. Okay, thanks so much, Bouncer. And uh, we'll we'll be back with more Fish Talk after these commercial messages. Hey, welcome back to the Nautical Ventures Weekly Fisherman on a uh, beautiful, looks like it should be a beautiful Saturday and even more beautiful Sunday, according to Captain Bouncer Smith. But uh, we got Captain Tony DeJulian on the line. And uh, Tony, good morning to you. And uh, I know you've been busy. You were uh, fishing south uh, not too long ago. Good morning, Steve. Sounds like you're uh, holding it together on your own today, which, uh, well, hey, great job, man. Well, well, <laughs> well thanks. Well, you know, we there's a huge, like, gigantic uh, research center here at iHeartRadio, and it's easy to get lost in there. Last time I was in there, I found uh, Young Ron. That's how big it is and how hard it is to get <laughs> out of there. But uh, anyway, you were, I know you were in Guatemala um, over the week, last weekend and earlier this week. What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were in Guatemala with Fish Track at a lad's called Pacific Fins. And uh, Guatemala is one of the hidden secrets in the world of fishing. It's uh, just a fantastic place. We're on the Pacific Coast. And uh, we were fishing for sailfish and marlin. Um, had a group of anglers that came down to improve their fishing skills when it came to uh, pitch baiting, bait and switch, and trolling for uh, for sailfish and marlin. And uh, we had a fantastic uh, a fantastic week. We got in on Friday and uh, stayed and got back on Wednesday night. Uh, fishing was pretty good. We were averaging about twenty or twenty five sailfish bites a day. Uh, a couple of blue marlins mixed in with the sailfish um all kinds of when you fish the pacific ocean you see all kinds of of whales and porpoises we had spinner spinner porpoises jumping all around us whales bait sailfish uh just a really really great time the food is fantastic down there the people are excellent and uh yeah if you get a chance to really want to do a bucket list uh, fishing trip guatemala is definitely one of the hot spots right now in the world you can get when the fishing's really turned on you can get up to 60 or 70 bites a day so it's a 
It's a great place to practice your skills. A lot of the professional anglers even go down there to uh, practice before tournament season. So you get so many bites, you can really practice your skills, uh, you know, baiting fish, free spooling fish, pitch baiting, ballyhoos and mackerels and things like that. So, uh, yeah, really, really great experience we had. Yeah, that, that's terrific. So, uh, actually, since you got back, you probably heard that there's been um, some good sail fishing off South Florida and uh, some good dolphin fishing as well. Absolutely. Sailfish season is here in South Florida as well. Uh, while it's our winter, it's their, kind of their summer over on that side. But, uh, yeah, sail fishing has been good, and I've seen there's been some mahis around. The sword fishing's been good. Uh, there's some kingfish biting, some wahoos around. So overall, fishing here in South Florida seems to be really picking up here for the season. So let's say, Tony, if you're going out uh, this weekend or over the next few weeks, you just want to catch sailfish. What would be your go-to uh, spread for that? Are you into kite fishing or um, just drifting with live bait? Well, here in South Florida... We've kind of, over the last several decades, uh, kind of perfected the kite fishing game here in South Florida. So that is the number one way to catch sailfish here. Um, Kite fishing can be intimidating a little bit to the average guy or girl, but it really isn't as hard as it looks. And it's something that all the people here in South Florida, if you're fishing on any type of a regular basis, it would really pay off to learn how to fish at least one kite uh, while you're drifting your other baits. The beauty about kite fishing is you can you don't have to do two or three kites like the, like the pros do. You can fish one kite while you're drifting your flat lines and some of your other deep lines. Um, you can also fish a kite while you're anchored up fishing for yellowtail snappers or kingfish on a wreck. Um, and it really just gives you a really, really good presentation and it attracts any of your, any of your big game fish that are around are attracted by the baits thrashing around on the surface of the water, spreading out all these little panic signals. And, uh, then once the fish, the sailfish or any other fish for that matter, sees the bait, they have it trapped on the surface. The kite makes it so that bait can't escape and therefore, the fish you're trying to catch, like the sailfish or the blackfin tuna or the mahi, have a very easy time of tracking down that live bait, and uh, they can get a hold of it and uh, eat it really well. So if kite fishing is definitely the number one thing in, in South Florida, especially for sailfish. Um, but you can also just drift flat lines and have lines weighted that are just under the surface. Another very effective way to catch sailfish. Um, but that, that kite fishing is tough to beat. Yeah, it's it's super effective. As you mentioned, it catches all types of species. But uh, one of the great things about South Florida, like uh, Wayne Kahn with the Reward Drift Boat talks about, you can toss out a dead sardine and catch a sailfish. So you just never know what to expect. Yep, that's true. When the sailfish are biting, they're hungry. Um, there's a lot of them around, so... And the other thing that we do here in South Florida, we do it more towards the north, towards up towards Palm Beach and up into Stewart and Vero Beach and Fort Pierce. We also troll ballyhoos for sailfish. It doesn't work quite as well down here because the behavior of the fish and the water 
um, the, that they're swimming in is a little bit different up north. They're sitting on the flats eating bait for a number of days as the bait kind of hangs out there. Mm-hmm. And you can corral them up by trolling around the bait pods. Whereas when they get further south, they start migrating a little quicker. The water is a little deeper close to the edge here down in South Florida. So it's, it's harder to corral them up on the troll because they seem to be traveling to the south at a greater uh, rate. So when you put the kite up, you're kind of putting out a really long spread and you're blocking like kind of a fence of live baits and you're kind of intercepting the sailfish as they travel to the south. Okay. Well, Tony, thanks so much for the uh, excellent report. Glad you had a great time down there in Guatemala. And uh, thanks for the kite fishing tips and uh, have a, a great week and we will talk to you next Saturday. All right, Steve, we'll give you a call this week, and we'll we'll shoot the breeze on a couple of things and catch up and uh, have a great weekend, and uh, good job today manning the microphone. Hey, Tony, I'm here, buddy. Say say hi. Oh, there you are. There you are. I was in the uh, 940 Winds Research Center doing some uh, behind-the-scenes work. Steve's been there before. It's, it's an amazing room. It's un- unreal. Man. Yeah, I, unreal. I told Tony last time I had a hard time getting out, and I found young Ron in there. He, <laughs> was, he was like, hey, Him and what? Jimmy Hoffa were both back yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a tough place, but we're glad you're here. And, Tony, we're glad uh, you had a good trip and that uh, you're back here educating our listeners, as always. All right, guys. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thank you, Tony. All right, cool. Mr. Waters is down there in the research center. It's a gigantic part of this building, by the way. It's, it is. I, I mean, all kinds of weather information coming through there, sports, and uh, I could spend like a, a two-hour time there, not even do the show. It was just that yeah, phenomenal. well, I, I got uh, sidetracked down there myself. So yeah. anyway, time to uh, go to break, and uh, you can <laughs> tell us who else you discovered while you were down there. You got it. 629 and 940 wins Miami Sports. We are back, Jack, talking fishing and boating and all things water. Oh, my, my friend, Steve Waters. Yes, we are. And I must say, you know, some of the uh, raps we're talking about with the captains this morning, some of the terminology like uh, pitch baiting, for example. Right. You know, we take for granted the fact we know what that is, but uh, why don't you tell the – you've been writing about this for so long. What does uh, pitch baiting actually mean to the fishing guy? Okay, well, um, especially like where Tony DeJulian was in Guatemala – Fish comes up, you're either uh, trolling lures or, or um, have what's known as teasers, yep. and then you pitch a bait to that fish. So uh, As close to the fish as you can, basically. Try to put it in front of his face and have him grab it. Yeah, ideally, or put it where he'll see it. So, and sometimes, it's funny, because I actually wrote a story for Sport Fishing Magazine. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be in the March issue about pitch baiting. Um, you can do it for sailfish, marlin, tunas, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes like a marlin will come up or a sailfish, look at the baits, and be like, eh, and then you pitch uh, like um, some of our captains like to use live baits. Some captains will pitch just a dead ballyhoo. So I have like a variety of different things to throw at them. I mean, it could be, uh, it could be a live uh, pilchard, it could be a, a artificial lure or whatever else, but uh, yeah, have a variety of rods well. already pre-rigged to toss different things to that fish. That, that's the most important thing. Have that bait ready to go. Yep. And you pitch it out there. And, and another thing is sometimes, you know, 
sailfish oftentimes travel in pods. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have a fish on a bites a kite bait or you're hooked up. You have two hooked up. A lot of guys will just pitch out some live pilchards just in the hopes of getting two more uh, hookups at the same time. So uh, sailfish are a pod, not like a group or a school. They're a pod. Yeah, you get these pods of four, five, six sailfish. So when you get a couple on, then um, you can uh, have end up having uh, five on. <laughs> There's all these terms for like animals and like packs, you know what I mean? Like uh, it's, right. a, it's a herd of dogs or it's a uh, uh, something about geese. Like a, yeah, yeah, or uh, uh, I think a coven of crows. Yeah, it's all kinds of crazy terms. But, you know, in fishing, we've been doing this for so long that we take for granted the fact that we know what these things mean. The brand new fishing guys would not know what a daisy chain might be, for example. Right. Uh, you know, I've talked about daisy chains being what a daisy chain is is basically throwing a teaser out to a school of fish. Yeah, or a lot of boats will pull. Let's say a, they'll have like twelve plastic squids. Yeah, that's their daisy chain. There's yeah. no hooks in them. It's just basically a, a teaser to bring them to the to the right. lures. Here's okay. a bunch of squids. Come on up. Uh, get there. Get the fish's attention. Yep. And uh, yeah, same thing. Um, some of the guys like up in Stewart, Fort Pierce, they use dredges. That's really big. Now again, They'll have a hundred mullets. Explain a dredge. Uh it's like an umbrella f- with uh, every every um, every kind of arm of it has <laughs> a uh, a freshly rigged mullet on it. There you and go. And again, just to get the fish's attention. Yeah. And then uh, they got the lures with the hooks in them, or it, or the baits, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Kind of like the more the merrier. It's like a buffet swimming around out there. It's kind of like the educational version of the Nautical Ventures Weekly Fisherman Show. We're going back to Basics 101. Yeah. We're, for the brand new listeners who jumped right. on the show this morning. You know right. I mean? So so earlier, Captain Bouncer was talking about how a west wind, even if it's a strong west wind, like forecast today, it's very fishable close to shore. Yeah. So uh, he said you could even go out and troll up some wahoo on this full moon. Well, you might say the word sea anchor, and most guys might think you're throwing out a big, heavy anchor down at the bottom, but it's not really an anchor at all. Right. It's a big, like a humongous like a parachute, a parachute that hooks to the bow, and it keeps the bow into the wind. And it'll slow your drift. Slows your drift down, yeah. So a lot of terms that I take for granted, we take for granted that a lot of guys don't know about, but uh, we're here to educate for the last 14 years and maybe we can do it better. Yeah, and, and you know, by the same token, um, I used to know a lot about baseball, but I read some stories they're talking about, oh, yeah, the uh, OBP, the TRX. I'm like, what the <laughs> heck is he talking about? Oh, he's, you know, and I'm like, man, this is what they call inside baseball. Right. You know, on base per percentage, that okay, that that I know, but uh, some of the other stuff, if beyond RBI, forget it. I got it. You better explain it to me now. Well, you know what? Explaining things to the holiday gift giving is always a gigantic mystery to anybody. You don't know what the hell to buy people these days. You know, I mean, you just, it's a guessing game. I, I know it, it's so funny but, because I was talking to my sister trying to buy gifts. And I'm like, no, he's not going to like that. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I know is a definite winner. Nautical Ventures Marine Superstores, okay? You can't go wrong. Now, we have changed our name to Nautical Ventures Marine Center. Okay. We have got an expansion going on that's phenomenal. We're now in Sarasota, Tampa Bay, Palm Beach, and Dania Beach. 
selling Axopars on the West Coast, introducing audiences to that boat over there. Mm-hmm. We've got the D'Antonio yachts going on. Got the Crown Lines going on, okay? And I'm thinking for a holiday gift, who would not want to have a boat parked in their driveway with a Nautical Ventures red bow wrapped around that bad boy? There you go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody who wouldn't like that. And as you know about the interior of the store, both stores in Palm Beach and uh, Daniel Beach here locally, when you walk in, it's like uh, the Disney World of water toys. You got SUPs, you've got kayaks, you've got jetpacks for your feet, you've got these crazy, insane skateboards, you've got the ghost cycles going on. I mean, the list just is endless. And every one of those things is just a whole lot of fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, as, as you know, I mean, kayak fishing is huge. Gigantic, and, yeah. Uh, got all kind, all different makes and models of kayaks. Of course, my personal favorite is the Hobies with the Mirage Drive, which you pedal instead of paddle. Which I had one before it got stolen, I might add. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That that, that's bastard. how popular they are. Yeah, so popular. You cut the chain and took it off my palm tree. Yeah, but um, but if you're into paddling, plenty of those kayaks and plenty of stand-up paddle boards. With, uh, I, I really like the inflatable paddle boards. Oh, yeah. I checked them out the last time I was in the Nautical Ventures on 50 South Bryan Road in yep. Dania Beach. Mm-hmm. Those things are, I mean, you would swear that they were uh, made out of fiberglass. They're so rigid and hard once you exactly. get them inflated. Yeah, they're amazing. Once you're done, you just pull the plug and uh, fold them up, stick them in the trunk right. of your car, and stick, away you go. Right, stick it in the back of your smart car, you're ready to go. Ready <laughs> now, to roll. And when you buy one over there, if you guys want to get them home, they sell racks for your cars. And uh, all of our good guys over there, like Luke, for example, would, would put that on top of your car, secure it for you, and drive it away. So it's a one-stop, fun shop for water toys, boat needs, whatever you got going on. Again, check out our website to see what's being offered, nauticalventures.com, and you will find that perfect holiday gift, bar none. Ho, ho, ho! Get on the water there, sure. <laughs> <laughs> got to take a little break. More caps on the way. A few of them are sleeping in for some reason. I'm not sure why. Well, if a few of them are busy catching bait. Could be. like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll wake them up. 642 at 940 wins Miami sports. Not a bad looking day. Walked out during the break. Not too shabby. No rain clouds around. It's very light breeze. Should be a great fishable day today, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Captain Bouncer said tomorrow should be even better. Yeah, spectacular weekend. Wise, so that's what we like. We got uh, the famous uh, Chris Man on line one. Yes, we do. We have Chris behind the glass running the show for Ricardo, and we have Chris Lemieux on the phone on the shoe. Chris, my friend, good morning to you. Good morning, boys. How are you doing? You don't sound too awake, man. Have you had coffee yet? You sound kind of uh, sleepy. I'm up, ready to go. Ready to get the day started. <laughs> ready to catch some fish? <laughs> ready to catch some fish. But I'm, I'm going to catch some inshore fish today. Okay. Uh, I made the trip up to the Mosquito Lagoon yesterday. Uh Friends of mine have a place up here, so we're going to catch some redfish today. Chris, your phone's kind of uh, cutting in and out, bro. It's like uh, good and bad. Can you like get to a better spot in your wherever you're standing? Uh, can you hear me better now? No. Try it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can hear No, it's, like, it's kind of, kind of like... It's a little like muffled. Back, a little muffled, and it comes in loud and clear, yeah. But uh, you're... How about right now? Any better? No. no we'll, we'll, we'll take what we got. We're fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry, boys. Well, uh, the water fishing was pretty good up in Palm Beach this past week in Boynton, Palm Beach, Boca. Uh, if anybody you know around the full moon, obviously, it's been pretty good. Um, even the guys on the drift boat have been uh, getting in on the action, trolling a rod on the way out, and and uh, it's been pretty cool. 
So it's been a pretty consistent Wahoo bite last this past week. Um, and uh, that's pretty much the only fish that's been biting, I feel like. <laughs> really? Um, sailfish, yeah, it's been kind of slow. We've had very, very few sailfish for some reason. Um, not sure what's going on. and just hasn't been very good. Um, you know, talked to Captain Art Sapp the other day. He actually caught a, a triple real fast, and then after that he didn't see another fish the rest of the morning. So um, it seems like that was the only fish I heard of for sailfish. So it's been pretty tough on the sailfish so far this season. Hopefully it picks up for them pretty soon. Not good, Chris. Uh, your technique on wahoo fishing is you're, you're a high-speed troller, you're trolling live bait, or what's your tried-and-true way to get one? Yeah, generally, to, just to cover ground, what we do is we'll we'll do the planer fishing or, you know, the trolling just because you're covering a lot of ground, and you never know where they're really at. I mean, if you find a kind of a knot of fish where you, you know they're at or you think they're at, um, I prefer live baiting them. Uh, it's just more fun to me with fishing lighter tackle, and, you know, it's, it's a cool bite when you see it, and what we'll do with live bait and we'll either fly the kites and or bump troll live bullet bonitas um, to the wahoo. So uh, just, you know, with the live bait, you just have to kind of know more where they're at than, than just ripping around and finding them, you know. Now, if you put me, put me out about Steve Waters and he said, okay, Eric, put out the planers. I mean, I've used them before, but honestly, God, I wouldn't even know how to rig a planer. Do you know how to rig a planer, Steve? I mean, um, real, real a breakaway pl- planer, do you have any clue at all? How to do that? Yeah, well, I, I know it's done with uh, certain types of uh, swivels, and uh, so you have a swivel <laughs> on your main line. Okay. And a little piece of uh, mono attaches to the planer. Yeah. And then another piece, short piece of mono to a swivel at the other end of the planer. I'm still confused, but go ahead. Yeah, fine. Yeah, well, well maybe, the, maybe Chris should explain how to in, you know, put one In out. the old days, your main line went to your planer, and then you had... Like, I, I think, Chris, you like to use like 100 feet or so of uh, mono to your uh, Correct. to your hook and your Correct. bait. Correct, So you reel the planer to the rod tip, and then Chris will pull in 100 feet of line by hand. I've seen that, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, we're, I'm a little bit old school when it comes to that and that aspect of it. I prefer hand lining the fish. Um, a lot of guys are going to the, to the breakaway system where the planer pulls on. So there's basically two... It basically create you're creating a wind on leader um, instead of hand lining it in. So there's two like double swivels attached to your planer, and on the one end of the snap swivel away from the planer, you cut the the little notch part that clips on that usually closes the swivel itself, and you're attaching it to some wind on swivels, which are like long barrel swivels, and when you when it, fish comes up or the planer comes up you just grab it you pull the swivels off each inline swivel and then the person the angler just keeps reeling so all your leader your those swivels go right through your guides right into the reel and you just keep going the only bummer so, part steve waters yeah. to me when you're, when you're using the old school planer when you pull the planer in and you got 100 feet of line back there with the fish on is the fact that at that point the mate takes over and he's hand lining your fish in for you basically and you're out of the, you're out of the picture entirely now what i want to do is when a planer tips comes to the to the to the rod, I want to go back to the gloves on and continue fighting my fish by hand and pull that baby in myself. This is the way I want to do it. Okay, you know? Chris, you let your anglers do that? Yeah, absolutely. If it's not like a big wahoo or something like that, that you know I know is going to kind of beat them up, 
I mean, I'll take over then. But if on the average kingfish or smaller wahoo, I, I don't mind. I let people like here, bring it in. Obviously, I'm there assisting because you know, there's a lot more technique to handling of you know handling that stuff than people think because they get all wrapped up in it and tangled and you know stuff like that. So just depends. I mean, you know, it depends on the person's skill level and stuff like that. But if people want to do it, I'm more than happy to. Um, I'm probably going to go to the. Uh, I'm just fighting it because I'm an old school kind of guy. I'm just fighting the the breakaway planer system right now, and you know I enjoy just the handlining part. But I'll probably have to end up going to the to the breakaway wind on system and letting people just keep reeling it, I guess. But you know, just what I'm used to. So that's the way it goes. <laughs> Excellent. I can see a guy usually old old school yo yo Steve Waters with a. a <laughs> Well, the planer attached to that, man, bringing a fish in. That, that's called doing it all yourself, baby. Yeah, I you know don't know I mean? about a planer on a yo-yo, but uh, <laughs> I have seen some really good hand liners or yo-yo fishermen, man, yeah. catching all kinds of fish on it. That's old oh, yeah. school, man, old school. So, Chris, you've had, uh, real quick for you, we go for the break, uh, you've had those mercs on your boat now for, what, about a year? Almost a year. Uh, bringing them in on Tuesday for full service, uh, getting the water pumps changed, getting all the zincs put on, uh, everything like that. Um, yeah, 600 hours. Um, haven't had a hiccup yet. They just they show up to work every day, unlike most of the mates I've had on my boat. <laughs> my life, so I, uh, I have no complaints, man. I love them to death. I mean, they, listen, anything that gets me starts every morning when I get there and I don't have any issues and keep me on the water making money is is you know, two thumbs up in my eyes, and um, I've had great success. Um, the guys over at Performer Marine are going to service them for me on Tuesday and get them back on the waters for this upcoming holiday uh, holiday week, couple weeks here, because I'm going to be busy. So Yeah, and they, they, you were telling me that they also save you money because they're so fuel efficient, you don't burn gas like you used to. Exactly, extremely fuel efficient. I mean, I'm getting... You know, an almost a thirty-foot boat getting over two miles to the gallon, and you know, most people are like, "Think I'm blind." I'm like, "Come on, my boat, you'll see." Yeah. You know? So I mean, getting two and a quarter, two and a half miles to the gallon. Um, um, they have motors show up. They work great every day. They never had any problems. They're great on fuel. I mean, what other kind of, you know, what else can you say about them? I mean, they're great. They've been great for me. So not to mention the fact um, the cowlings against that uh, conch profile, the boat you're driving, just looks damn good. You know what I mean? Hey, you put out something on Facebook about the fact you've got some openings for the holiday season. Why don't you tell folks how to book your boat and get on board for the you know for, for the happy person who receives that gift? Yeah, you can uh, you can either give me a call at five six one seven six seven six two one one or go to my website lemuefishingcharters dot com and check it out. How about following you on uh, social media? Yep. So, social media is Captain Chris Lemieux, C A P T Chris Lemieux. Same thing on uh, on Facebook. It's Lemieux Charters. So there you go. All right, Chris. Hey, man, have a phenomenal day, bro. Thanks for answering your phone. Uh, figure out why it's not working properly. Maybe uh, flip it over the other way. Put put the, put the mouthpiece down where it should be. It works good at times. Yeah, don't give him a hard time. Well, hey, have a good cast and blast up there in uh, Mosquito Lagoon, Chris. Hi, guys. Thank you very much. Enjoy your night, day, and we'll talk to you later. You Sounds got it. Good. Thanks so very much. So we've got a, a big show coming up, uh, more caps at 7 o'clock hour, talking uh, keys fishing with Richard Stanza coming up in the next break. But uh, later on during the show, uh, Pat Utter from Shenanigans had sent me kind of a teaser 
on what his fish dish will be today, Steve. Did yeah. you see the size of that, that swordfish he's got I going did. on? What a beautiful fish, man. Looked like a pumpkin swordfish. That was a whopper of a swordfish, my friend. And Pat, of course, only takes the freshest of the fresh. Can't imagine what the recipe is going to be, but it's going to be delicious by, based upon the photo he sent me. The picture was had me drooling just look at the photo. No, what he's oh, making absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, delicious. All right. Take a little break. More caps on the way. 656 at 940 Wins Miami Sports. Not sure about a good beat. You can dance to it. Never could dance at this show. But then again, I'm the world's worst dancer anyway with a great jam on. I'm just an absolutely horrible, got no jiggy rhythm white dude, man. I ain't got no no skills at dancing waters. How about you? Really? I, I I never noticed you were white. I don't see people in color. <laughs> I'm just a non-dancing dude, man. But let's go out of the keys and, and talk to a guy who can tear up the floor, I'm sure. He's got some skills besides fishing. I think back in the day, Richard Stanzig, back on Miami Beach's Miami Beach days, probably frequented the Playboy Club, probably the turn-up dance floor with a hot bunny, maybe. What do you man, think? Man, you're getting this this segment off to a bad start. No, I'm not. Let me ask Richard myself. Richard, good morning, my friend. How are you? Eric, Steve, good morning. How are you guys doing? So tell me, back in the day, weren't you uh, frequenting Miami Beach back way back when? You know, actually, uh, I did. I uh, I parked cars there. That's At right. the Playboy Club. <laughs> there you go. No, not at the Playboy Club. Oh, my That wasn't on the beach. That was on 79th Street. Okay. Biscayne Boulevard. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd drive by and sneak a peek once in a while, look in there, but uh, never hung out too long. All right. You're a good boy. That's what you are. A good, good boy. <laughs> That's not true, but. <laughs> anyway, so a beautiful sunrise in the Keys today, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, a little different down here. You know, we're uh, sitting under a what we call a prefrontal situation, so the winds are kind of backed up into the west-southwest. Um, going to have the frontal passage later, mm-hmm. but uh, not going to be any, any moisture with it. Uh, it's all going to stay up to the north, so going to be very fishable all day long. Don't have any outstanding fishing reports this week. Fishing overall, you know, it has just been really slow, uh, just about on all fronts. But as usual, I'll start out in the deep water, which might be the brightest spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some nice uh, swordfish caught. My son, Cap Nick Stanzik, I, I caught one or more fish most every trip. And one boat came into Bud and Mary's to use our weigh scales. Didn't get the name of the boat, but they weighed one 350 pounds. So, uh uh, usually on that full moon, that's a chance of catching one of those big monsters. Uh, Nick did a little uh, deep dropping as well, some nice queen snappers uh, during the week he was catching and stopped and did a little vertical jigging on the humps. The, the tunas are there real good. Another boat that was out looking for swordfish, didn't have any luck with the swordfish, but he put his high-speed lures out, and that's the uh, Ross Early on the early bird. He had a nice 50-pound wahoo. Something I always suggest if you're going to make that long run out there, you know, uh, you know, think about putting those high speeds out and instead of running uh, 20 knots, try dropping it down to about 13 where uh, Wahoo's really like that. Most of the action, most of the boats fishing on the edge. You know, it's funny, uh, a week or two ago, it was red hot out there. Uh, on the sail fishing, it was great, but, man, it really slowed down. I fished all day yesterday, and a lot of boats out there, and I know at the dock I only saw two sailfish flags. But, you know, that's pretty typical. Uh, it, it, it never, they never bite, you know, every day, all day, you know, all week long. But they're, uh, they're going to come back. A lot of bait out there. Got the ballyhoos, the cigar minnows, just as much as you wanted. Great to see that bait. So a lot of the guys are fishing kingfish. And um, actually, that's very encouraging. Uh, you know, I know Alex on the Calyx. 
Uh, he had his limited kingfish almost every day fish this week. But uh, unlike previous years where most of the kingfish were what we call snakes, and there are plenty of snakes out there right now. These are those five to six, eight-pound fish. Alex had quite a few fish. I know I saw him weigh a 38-pounder. Uh, you know, to me, a big kingfish, we call those smokers on a spinning rod light tackle. It's one of the great fish, and, you know, it's good to see the bigger ones showing up, and hopefully they're going to stay around here for a while. Most of the other guys, too, that are fishing out there, you know, are fishing the yellowtails. I spent today with my brother, you know, on the boat yesterday, fishing out deep in about 100 foot of water. Water was pretty clear. Uh, current was ripping to the southwest. Uh, had to make long drifts on those yelltails, and they were really hard to catch. But we caught a handful of really big ones. Um, the key is to pull on them hard enough not to break the line, but don't let them get to the bottom and cut you off. It's it's a challenge catching big yellowtail on light line. Uh, another thing was being caught this week. I saw some mutton snappers. You know, a lot of fish uh, are what we call leader shy. Uh, sailfish have gotten to be that way. Yellowtails are certainly that way, as are mutton snappers. But you know, if you take a live Bally, who you find a little structure out about 135, anywhere out to 180 feet of water. Try a real long leader. I'm talking 30 feet. You know, you got a chance of catching really nice mutton snappers. Some of these fish are 15, 18 pounders sometime. Got to put a little time in to do it, but, you know, I'd rather catch one real big fish like that sometimes and sit on the reef and catch those little dinks. Uh, so that's pretty much the story. You know, offshore, I'll go into the island, Miss Alamrata. They're fishing shallow, 50, 60 feet of water. A lot of yellowtail this week, but the small fish. You know, just just good eating size and just barely keepers, a lot of them, but they're catching good numbers. They also put a couple of little muttons on dock. I know they had a couple of nice zero mackerels. A lot of guys don't target those, but there are a lot of zeros on the reef right now, too. And I know yesterday we had one, I bet you it was eight, nine pounds. That was caught on a live ballyhoo on the kite, believe it or not. So anyway, let me move from there out to the backcountry. They do not like it in the backcountry with a southwest wind. And another thing that's really hurting the backcountry is these water temperatures warmed up. You know, it was nice and cool there for a while, and <clears throat> water cleared up. And what happens when it gets warm, the water holds the sediment. Water really dirty back there. Uh, you know, I spent the day back there, two days back there this week. Had one good day with my son, Rick, where we didn't catch a lot of fish, but we caught a few real big fish, big redfish. I know we had a cobia, a couple of big black drums, and a few schnook. But overall, um, pretty slow. Uh, you know, and again, we need this cold fronts to get down here and chill the water back down and push some more bait down here our way. Uh, one bright spot... You know, and we're going to move from the backcountry over to the mackerel grounds, which are out to the west of Sprigger Marker, which if you go through Yacht Channel, run a couple of miles, you'll see a green marker. It's number five. Go west from there out there just about anywhere. Look for clean water, fallen tides with east wind. A lot of mackerel and nice-sized fish. I mean, I'm talking some six, seven-pounders. Fish those on light line, artificials, you're going to have a great time. So mackerel is real steady, real consistent, and it's good back there. So pretty much what I got to say for the week, I guess, down here. And uh, looking forward to the tourists showing up, and maybe that little uh, swing of good fishing will, will work back our way. <laughs> you got the uh, party for the crew coming up, the uh, Barn Dog uh, Big Bash uh, soon? Uh, yeah, actually we do on the 18th, which is Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll have our annual Bud and Mary's Christmas party, and uh you know, our barn was devastated and destroyed, uh, you know, during Irma, the hurricane, and it's now really back and uh, looking better than it's ever looked since the day it was built. So that's, that's a good thing. So if you guys aren't doing nothing, come on down here. You know, you'll, uh, you'll have some good food. That must be a fun time, Steve Waters, with yeah. those guys, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw you had a nice Thanksgiving celebration in the old barn. We did. Yeah, that was uh, more family-oriented. We had about only 40, 50 people, but <laughs> so this one, uh, that's all? for all the cap. Well, we, you know, we got 45 captains and uh, 15, 
116 employees. So by the time you you add all that up, and you know a few of the other people come, it, it turned out to be a a pretty big event at Christmas, but not not so much Thanksgiving. So Richard, one of the uh, the snowbirds finally show up. When's the big push down there in the Keys? Well, honestly, uh, our real season doesn't start till about two days after Christmas. Actually, this is probably the slowest week of the year right now. Wow! I guess everybody's tied up with their Christmas shopping and what have you. And there's a couple of factors, overall economic conditions, you know, have a, a, you know an effect on this. But mm-hmm. the other thing that has a big effect is how fast and how cold it gets up north. And this year, uh, you know, I think it got pretty cold in a lot of areas. Oh, yeah. And pretty nasty. So, yep. uh, you know, it's nothing. <laughs> You're sitting up there in that mess, and you come down here and see the <laughs> sunrise over the Keys. Trust me, even if you don't catch a lot of fish, you're going to come down here. So it's a good thing. It's funny, even even though Dave Gurgles Gurgly of the Jeff DeForest uh, show coming up after us, Steve yeah, Waters, the Highly Park Trivia refuses Challenge. a fish. I'm sure he would appreciate a sunrise in the Keys, you know. He actually could golf down there if he wanted to, but wake up to a beautiful sunrise, Dave. That's one reason to go down there, dude. Yeah, he might uh, maybe. So let Jeff fish and let Dave go golf. What the hell, you know? Yeah, well, well, Captain Scott Stanzik's a big golfer, so uh, I think Dave and Captain Scott would hit it off. Don't you think, Richard? I, I agree with you. Scott is a big golfer. He now tops the scale at 275. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. So. Uh, Isn't be, there a, a, great, a great course at Ocean Reef, Richard, I think, right? Yes, there yeah. is. Right? Yeah. Big course there. Yeah. Yeah. My last, uh, my last, uh, you know, involvement with golf was diving in the canal and Miami Shores and retrieving golf balls that, <laughs> that the guys hit in and selling them back to them when I was about twelve years old. Other than that, I've I've never held a golf stick. That's a good gig, man. Get those golf balls yeah. for sure. But Richard, have a fine weekend, my friend. Hopefully, we'll see you down there with that planned trip with Jeff and the crew. Uh, if I can ever get Jeff to nail me down with a yeah. definite Sunday. We'll come on down and see you. Yeah, and, and I'll be looking forward to it. Of course, I'll be talking to you before Christmas, but it is getting close, isn't it? I guess only uh, two weeks away. Yes, beginning sir. to look a lot like Christmas. Yes, yes it is. Thank you, Rich. Have a great weekend, my friend. Well, guys, thank you so much as usual as allowing me to put the word out on the fabulous Florida Keys fishing scene. You got it. Okay, guys. Speaking of guest waters, uh, you know, we talked about this before, that you go down a ramp, you got the family all set to go, boats in the water, turn the key over, and you got silence. The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, and you're just an idiot because your battery's dead. Dead batteries are, man, they're heartbreakers. Why not? How about put it on the holiday gift list? Give uh, somebody a set of brand-new nationwide batteries. Why yeah, not? Great idea. You know what I mean? You got yeah. the dad's boat. Mom knows what's probably the battery size. She just peeked down below and saw what the battery was. She called Nationwide. Could you please uh, come over here and bring me to, uh, you know. Yeah, or you whatever. could go online to nationwide-battery.com. Check and, uh, them out. Yeah. See, right. Because they've got so many different batteries to choose from. You could battery power Dad's boat, his golf cart. And other toys he's got laid around the house. That's right. The yard, whatever, the yeah. tractor, yeah. They got batteries for everything, man. lawnmower. <laughs> you name it, they've got the battery for it. Nationwide-battery.com. Take a little break. More caps on the way. 713 to 940 wins Miami sports. I think of a five holiday gift might be a big old 12-pack bag of bugs wrapped with a bow. <laughs> yeah. How about you like yeah. that, Waters? Yeah. yeah, if you knew somebody who could catch bugs. I got a guy in mind. It's kind of coming to me now. It's it's, it's in my mind. It's Matthew something chief. Oh, chiefy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy boy, good morning to you. Hey, luckily for you, we're going out today. Oh, what does that mean? 
Uh, yeah, that's good. You know, I'll make a contribution to your uh, holiday gift. How about that? You know, you know, whatever I get, whatever I get today, I'll bring to you. You know, what do you think of that, Jim. I this is what I think. I think you should save them so we can yeah. have uh, Chiefy Crew oh. shenanigans, lobster fry part two. Well, I can. That was that was incredible. It really was. Good. It was phenomenal. But I want his I like his first idea of waters. Okay, whatever he catches today, he's given to me. Okay, so I may have like eighteen of them. You never know. Okay. Really, I, I don't know why he gives you any bugs because you you don't even like having him on the show. Oh, do stop it! <laughs> this guy is being a freaking Grinch, man. But anyway, Jimmy boy, I saw some video posts this week. You guys scored really yeah. well. You're showing some hogfish, yeah. teasing the hell out of you. By the way, I might add. Uh, you know? oh, oh, oh man, his uh, the hogfish have been everywhere. It's been really kind of a good thing. I, I think the fisheries coming back. You know, but. It's killing me. Six months of no hogfish on the plate, you know. <laughs> and and of course they're just. I think they're, you know, thumbing their nose at us, you know, literally. Oh, literally, right? But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. They swim right in front of you, like ha ha. Oh man, oh man, oh man. They must have got that group text or email that says, ah, we can't shoot right. you, you know? Season's close. <laughs> well, so, uh, we all know hogfish are one of the dumbest fish in the sea, okay? Cause they hide behind they like a, 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 a piece of grass down below on the ocean floor thinking they're hiding. <laughs> right yeah. in plain sight, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, <laughs> Unbelievable. And Unbelievable. Only two weeks left in the grouper season, so. Yeah, yeah. We've been seeing a few, but nothing of any size. Um, you know, the conditions under the water have been really good. I mean, first of all, well, I, I kind of upgraded to the five mil. You know me. I'm right. a little, uh, I'm, you know, I get a little chilly down there. So we're down to 77 degrees. Brrr, oh. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's chilly, buddy. And it, and it, and it's funny because a lot of the local guys won't even go if it's below 80, you know. And and But I dive, you know, 12 months of the year. So I'm okay. I just put on a, a thicker wetsuit. So I've got my uh, 5 mil on now. But if you can – and it's not bad. I mean, it's pretty comfortable down there. But if you can get out and, and the topside conditions are good, that that's kind of like this, this week kind of blew up a little bit. So it was a little bumpy out there. But if you can get under the water, man, it's been absolutely pristine. Very, very gentle currents and a great visibility because we're not getting any of that tropical runoff or rain or anything. Right. It's been crystal clear. It's absolutely been beautiful. So we've been primarily hitting the third reef. So we get a little combo deal where we hit, uh, you know, we get some bugs. They're not, they're not clustered together, but... We were kind of finding them on, so you've got these, on the third reef, you've got these walls, 50 foot at the top, 65 at the bottom, they're beautiful. Very rarely do you see lobster on the wall, but if you go just a little to the west, there's sort of like little islands and little boulders and rubble out there on these uh, on these walls, and it's been pretty good. We're actually seeing bugs cluster together out there. A uh, lot of shorts still, a lot of shorts and a bunch, you know, with eggs. So you got to really kind of pay attention. But we're getting a few here and there. And then the advantage of being there is, you, you know, you can, we've been getting some lionfish. That's been fun. Mm-hmm. And big fish, bigger fish. Uh, amberjack, seeing some grouper, but just nothing of any size. So it's been, it's been actually really good diving in December. 
So I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. And we're getting out today. We're going to have some fun, see what happens, you know? Hey, Jim, for a guy or a lady friend who wants to buy their husband uh, something to start the diving uh, sport uh, in their life, uh, you, have yeah. a, you, know, you have a place you'd like to shop at. And go ahead and say where they might want to start buying their gear. What do you, think? you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of 4C. They have uh, 4C scuba centers. They have three shops, uh, Pompano uh, right on Federal Highway, Boca right on Federal Highway, and then off of Riviera Beach uh, up there by Blue Heron. And uh, really great guys. You very rarely do you see, you know, people in the industry that stay for a long time. And uh, Gary in Pompano, he, he just uh, celebrated his 40th year in the industry. Hmm. So it's amazing to see a guy like that. And uh, just good good folks. They, they'll give you, like, a, a guarantee. So if you find it somewhere else, you know, cheaper, they'll honor that. So it's like, it's pretty good stuff. So they're really good, very personable. Uh, tell them Chiefy sent you. Tell them you know Chiefy. Yeah. Can, can you <laughs> buy Chiefy Delio? Can yeah. You, can you buy catching the bug and catching the spirit there? It, that's the best part. You know what a combo deal. Catching the bug, second edition, and of course catching the spear. It. Oh my so If you're God. into it, it's a good thing to go. Hey, buddy, come on. The, I will promise you, Eric. I'm giving you my lobster today. All right, it's yours. You are the man, brother man, and definitely the king of self promotion. No doubt about that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy boy, have a great weekend, my All friend. Right, Stay warm right. down below and keep catching those bugs and uh, occasionally four or five dozen lionfish while you're at it. Yeah, what the heck? We'll throw on some video, too. It's been really kind of a fun thing. been playing with the Paralens camera. All right. And uh, they, they, got a, they got a price reduction on that, too. So if you're into it, have at it, buddy. That's you got fun. it, Jimmy. Thank you, buddy. All right. Take care. All right. You know, you know Eric, earlier we were talking about doing your uh, your holiday shopping at yep. Nautical Ventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you don't need a new boat, but maybe you can use some new motors. You mean like as in Mercury Marine, my brother? That's exactly it. You know, we we talked to Captain Chris Lemieux about his Mercury's year old, not a single hitch. Yep. Saving money on them. They're so fuel efficient. And I know you, uh, one of the things you love about them is uh, they come in all horsepowers mm-hmm. and uh, got that beautiful uh, cowling design. You don't have to take the cowling off anymore to check the oil. How about that brand new badass 450? Holy mackerel. Talk about power, brother. Ooh, racing 400s are phenomenal. Uh, again, I've been on so many rides with these motors. I know them as well as Chris practically. And uh, they're so quiet. Again, if you, if you don't know they're running, you have to actually look back and see if the, the motor's basically ping, see if it's running. It's, it's that quiet. Right, yeah. Right. Well, well, Chiefy's got a couple of, I think, uh, 300 Verados yeah, on yeah. the back of his boat. He can attest to how great they are as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, again, uh, they got some great holiday specials going on. We'll talk to one of Don DeMott's buddies real soon. We had a great guest on last weekend, by the way. He was phenomenal. Yeah, from uh, Gateway Marine. Gateway Marine. He was terrific. terrific. He was really great. So, again, Mercury Marine. uh, Repower for the holiday season. Nautical Ventures, by the way, is a phenomenal place to repower, I might add. Uh, They'll hook you up and get you the right size for your boat. Get that old two-stroke clunker off the back of the boat. And be up to date with the newest technology. Great to anti-corrosion in the salt water. As, uh, as we know, that's always a big issue with the yes. motors. Mercury's got that all figured out. And the price point, by the way, and the weight is spot on. Yeah, the weight has been a huge change. You know, when the four strokes first came out, that was a big issue because they were so much heavier yeah. than two strokes. Yep. So a lot of boaters said, you know, I'm not giving up. I'm not, 
I like the fuel efficiency, mm-hmm. better for the environment, yep. but I can't add 200 pounds of weight. Exactly. <laughs> so, but now they're actually lighter they're than lighter. the two-strokes were. They certainly are definitely more Merck, reliable. Yeah, Merck has done such great research, and they just never stop. You got it. Like this show never stops, 14 years and counting. <laughs> we never stop, buddy. All right, Mercury Marine, go boldly, my friend. Take a little break. More caps on the way. We'll talk to Captain Bouncer Smith again. Maybe Jen Gray Warren may answer her phone finally about the weekend forecast. And wrap it up with shenanigans. A great uh, dish with Pet Utter on the way, 727 and 940 wins Miami Sports. Got to nuke this Buffett rejoiner music, man. We, we just need to cut this out and put like something like a Fins on or Margaritaville or something he did that had a little more snap to it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's still too snoozy for me this time of the day. Yeah, I agree. We want to be up and at him. Up and at him, baby. He's definitely up and at him and on the water with maybe one, two jackets. We, we never know what he's wearing. Do we ask the, ask the man? Bouncer Smith, my friend, one jacket or two jacket day? Uh, so far it's a no jacket day. Really? I was over here. I'm in Bimini and it's a lot warmer over here than it is in the States, you know. Okay. You're in Bimini. It's probably what, 80 degrees already, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, pretty close to 80 degrees. A little breeze blowing out of the West. Little line of clouds going by. Uh, as Steve and I were talking about earlier, caught a couple of Wahoo and a Toonie yesterday. You know, I've been coming to Bimini for 50 two years, and I had never gone to Big John's to eat. We went there last night, and it's under new ownership, and uh, what a great staff, a beautiful layout, nice entertainment, really nice place to try out sometime, but nowhere near as good as shenanigans, <laughs> and uh, I was there earlier in the week, and I tried their, uh, uh, I think it's a New York strip, but I had their steak, and I couldn't believe it. Do they do anything wrong in <laughs> No, they don't. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Speaking of meat over there, I've had that prime rib sandwich I told you about Steve Waters. Yep. Unbelievably great. My God, just like butter tender, man. Unreal. God is good. Yeah. yeah. That place is unbelievable. We, know, starts we need with to the get ingredients. around to fishing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah talk a fish news. Go ahead. Talk please. some fish. What's we're here for? Eric, you wish you were fishing most of the week because it was really, really, it was a little rough a couple of days. Right. But 10 to 20 pound dolphin in 200 feet of water. That's Ooh. like two or three miles offshore. Nice. Scattered sailfish. We caught a 28 pound Kubera snapper in the daytime off of Miami. The mm. first time I've done that in my whole career. What wow. a thrill that was. On uh, a live uh, pinfish. Troopers around. Yeah, on a live pinfish. That's correct. But uh, really, really great fishing in Miami, even a few blackfin tunas over there. So today it's going to be flat calm. Good day to fish for Spanish mackerel or troll for wahoo. But bear in mind, if you go offshore, it could get very rough because at times this afternoon it's supposed to go 25 mile knots out of the west. Now, that means very calm close to shore, very rough offshore. So... Plan your day accordingly, and Steve and I lectured everybody on EPIRS earlier, so we'll skip over that briefly. Everybody that goes out an inlet should be required by law to have an EPIRB. If you have a loved one, buy them an EPIRB for Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever your occasion, but buy that person an EPIRB 
for the holidays because it's an investment in having that loved one around the rest of your life instead of one of these horror stories of lost at sea. Uh, Spanish mackerel and baby kingfish have been really good uh, in the inlets and along the beaches. Want to make sure when you're catching them, Spanish and cereal mackerel, you can have 15 of them. They only have to be 12 inches long. And the leading edge of their dorsal fin is jet black. King mackerel, baby ones especially, have spots. So they look just like the other mackerel, but their dorsal fin is not black. They have to be 24 inches to the fork of the tail after they shrink in the fish box, beware. And you can only have two of them. So make sure that if you're catching any kind of mackerel, the dorsal fins are black. Kingfish, the dorsal fin is not black. So uh, that's really high on the list of things you'll catch this week. And we're running out of time to catch groupers, so give them your best shot. Uh, live pinfish, mullet, uh, uh, blue runners, goggle eyes around the uh, artificial reefs, or as you guys well know, uh, trolling a sea witch or a feather in a ballyhoo in 30 to 50 feet of water on a planer. Anywhere along the coast, it's not just down on the patch reefs, but anywhere along the coast can produce those groupers for you. So that's the hot things going on this week. Say, bouncers, speaking of running out of time, tomorrow is the last day of snook season on the Atlantic coast. So you have any uh, snook advice or snook reports? Um, most of the snook reports lately have been from all over inland north, in the inlets, uh, drifting live pinfish along the seawalls or on the bottom without much weight. Let them dive down on their own. When they won't dive anymore, put on a new one. Or you can't go wrong trolling a, a X-Wrap 20 or 30 and just working that inlet and the bridges over the inlets until you figure out exactly where those snook are at. They, they work really, really good. That's an X-Wrap 20s and X-Wrap 30s. And there's plenty of other lip plugs that are raised in the same way, and that number indicates how deep they'll go uh, with a 100 feet or 20-pound braid out and a short leader. So uh, that'll give you an idea how deep they're diving. And uh, also, uh, you can go fishing with A.B. Raymond uh, if you can get them available anytime this today or tomorrow, and he can get you some freshwater snook, which... A lot of those are the same snook, but he also catches several other species. But Amy's been doing really good on the snook in the fresh water, so mm -hmm. that might be the answer to your catching snook this weekend. Uh, before we close, of course, the holiday season's here. Why not buy the uh, Bowser Smith Chronicles? That'd be a great gift to have on your tree if you want to read about Bowser's life. And uh, I got a copy of the second edition. I need to get the first to, to catch up on before I read the second one. But anyway, uh, Amazon cap to get those books. Amazon, Dusky Sports Center, or Captain Harry's all have them in stock. And, Eric, you do not have to read one before you read two. Okay. Because they're all short stories. They're bathroom books. They're great short <laughs> stories, and they're printed on very soft paper. You can't go wrong. With <laughs> I can't recall the last time I did any reading in the bathroom. It's been many, many years, but, uh, but th thanks for that tip, Cap. But, yeah, uh, and yeah. You, you can jump around also, so it's yeah. not like they're in chronological order. So uh, no, it's great. Just there's no order whatsoever, whatsoever to them. They're just good short reads, a lot of fun. And now 
we have vouchersmithchronicles.com. Oh. And you can see pictures that more or less correlate to the stories. So they even have more to offer than they ever have before. Whoever your PR guy is, he's doing a great job, Cap. I'm telling you right now, he's got it covered big time. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been blessed my whole life, and family and friends have always been my PR people, and I can't thank any of them enough, and happy holidays to all of them. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys next weekend. You got it, Cap. Have a straight trip in Bimini, and uh, we'll talk to you really, really soon. Thanks so much, as always. You bet. Thank you. All righty. Have you read uh, the first book? Yeah, absolutely. Loved it. From uh, cover to cover, huh? Yes. Have you started number two yet? Uh, you know, I have uh, an email version of it, so I'm waiting to uh, pick up the actual book. Hopefully get it signed by Captain Bouncer. He gave me one signed, by the way, I might add. So, that's you know, very nice. I'm not trying to pull any you know, yeah, portions That's fine. Over. Say, you know, I had to say real quick. So sure. la- last week, um, driving home from the show, listening to the Hylia Park Trivia Challenge, uh-huh. but the... Uh, the boys were at, I think they were in Miami Lakes, maybe at Shulas. They were at Shulas, yeah. 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 Well, Jeff DeForest, this guy is far and away the absolute best. He is, yeah. When it comes to sports talk radio. But mm-hmm. he had an interview with Sam Jones, the Boston Celtics great, that was so amazing. Yeah. I just sat in the car and listened to that interview till, uh-huh. till it was done because Sam Jones, what a great guy and told such great stories about um, you know who he thought he would play for in the NBA and how he came to play for the Celtics and how he, he always wondered why Red Auerbach treated uh, Bill Russell special. And Auerbach told him years later, he's <laughs> like, this guy was the best. He says, I wasn't going to argue with him. Kind of a, you other guys, I didn't care so much about. Kind of an early <laughs> plug for Jeff Jeff's show because we have one more segment to do, but thank you for, for uh, talking you know, about how just, great that show know, is, okay? Yeah, and but that was really special, listening to uh, Jeff interview Sam Jones. And, and unlike the idiots on TV today or radio where it's all about them, you know, Jeff just ask the right questions, and let Sam talk. Yes, he does. Speaking of talking, Pat Utter standing by next with a great recipe, Steve Waters. Cooking that catch coming up next, 741 and 941 wins Miami Sports. We're back with the tastiest part of our program called Cooking That Catch, courtesy of our good friends at Shenanigans, which is hosting our Nautical Ventures Weekly Fisherman uh, Holiday Bash this coming Wednesday. Can't think of a better place for that. Last year was phenomenal, I might add. Man, oh man, wings and ribs. Oh, Can't wait. Spoil on that staff, that's for darn sure. Yeah, hopefully there might be a piece of swordfish left for me. <laughs> Our good friend Pat Utter back on the show this morning. Pat, my friend, good morning to you. Good morning. Great show, guys. Yep, I'm looking forward to that southern feast out of my smoker for you, uh, <laughs> Roger Moore and the crew from Nautical Ventures, our sponsor. Mm-hmm. But I have a great recipe today, and it's uh, it's got an Italian flair t- to it. You know, the Sicilians were known for uh, loving swordfish, and here right. we are. I I heard a report from uh, down at Bud and Mary's that they had a 385-pound sword. This one I have wasn't quite as big. It was a local uh, swordfish, real nice color, about 100 pounds, and I paired it with a Sicilian flair, which is with broccoli rob, which is similar to our broccoli. First, I'm going to go to it because there's two components in cooking the broccoli rabe first. You take three tablespoons of olive oil, a small lemon, four cloves of garlic. You put in a bunch of broccoli rabe, kosher salt, fresh uh, black pepper. 
We call it white kidney beans. The Italians call it cannoli beans, but it's white kidney beans. And then we have some uh, flat leaf parsley and uh, some crushed red pepper. So all you need to do is you heat that oil in a Dutch oven or in any heavy pot. You you cook over it a, a medium heat, and you make sure that you get the garlic nice and softened. And then you, I also put the lemon in there. You add the broccoli rabe, and then you season it with a little salt and pepper and toss it until it goes to a, a nice, brilliant, green, crispy-looking thing. About five minutes it takes. Then you put in the same pot, you add the beans and a quarter cup of water, and you bring it to a little boil, and then you let it simmer. Now, here's something that I do, because when I love swordfish and the firmness of swordfish, People come to me all the time, oh, my favorite fish is triple tail. My favorite fish is uh, um, uh, snapper or hogfish. Swordfish has a really, really nice taste to it. And the one I have was nice and firm, and it has a beautiful uh, color to it. I add just an anchovy fillet to my greens. It's a little trick that I learned in cooking school, and people are always like, why does this taste just like the ocean? That's where it gets that little extra <laughs> kick if you put it in your greens, okay? Uh-huh. If you like fish, throw an anchovy fillet in there. Wow, I so, love that. Yeah, so that that's a little secret that we keep to ourselves that we don't always say, why do your greens taste so unique compared to other people's greens? It's just one simple anchovy. You don't have to go overboard because they are flavorful, but it puts a little bit of that uh, seafood flair in it. So now you have your greens, you drain them, and you put them to the side. Get yourself a nice piece of swordfish. Start out with that extra virgin olive oil again. You get your pan nice and heated up, and then I put more garlic. We use whole clove garlic, and we just mash them, and we get to where that's nice and soft, and then we hit the filet. The filet goes in, and in, in the good thing about swordfish, and I know that Steve has a very, very uh, professional gourmet palate, <laughs> and he always keeps saying, don't overcook the fish, don't overcook the fish. You do not want to overcook swordfish because it gets mushy. That's the difference when people go, why is this swordfish mushy? It's not the fish or the flesh. It's an overcooking of the fish. So we sear it real, uh, sear it real hot, uh, maybe two minutes on each side. And then what we do is we reach in and we grab all that nice con- uh, concoction of broccoli rabe, and we have it all mixed up with the kidney beans. We put it on top, and with that anchovy flavor, we, we bring in all the olive oil. We toss it around, and then you can get it over your choice of uh, our nice saffron uh, rice, which is uh, rice flavored with uh, like a saffron risotto, or we have fresh mashed potatoes that some guys like, and then we drizzle that just a little combination of all that reduction of the olive oil and, uh, and the uh, anchovy filet and the garlic over top of it. And you can get it for eighteen ninety nine. It's we we have about seventy orders between the two restaurants. It was a really beautiful fish, and it's selling well. And uh, I'll put a couple slices aside for you, Steve, for when you come in with the, the nautical guy. Man, man, I tell you, you should send me a photo of uh, that core boy. Is that beautiful? What a beautiful pumpkin swordfish. So. You know, I always, I'm always nervous about the sustainability. I was in the, in the mid-'80s. I worked at Dirty Harry's Saloon, uh, 
I was a bar manager there, and it was an epic time for swordfish, and we really, really went after them hard here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it seems because of the commercial guys and because of the sportsmen, we just picked through them. I only put a swordfish on the menu maybe once every couple months, and the people really, really go for it. But what I have a great local guy that gets a hold of me, and when he gets one with a little color, it does make differ. It does make a difference when you uh, with their diet and that f- firm flesh. There's like nothing like it. It's like you're in Sicily, right here at Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. So, so actually, I had a quick question for you, Pat. If sure. for for the listeners to get the recipes, uh, where are they available besides? Say listening to the uh, pod or the re- broad, what, what do we call it? Eric? It's podcast. The podcast yeah. of our show, which is at nauticalventures.com. Okay, there's two ways to do it. My wife posts on our Shenanigans Facebook the recipe. Okay. But also keep in mind, you don't have to be a genius. You can just go on there and you can look Broccoli Rob with kidney beans and, and Google search it and it'll pop up or sur- swordfish, seared swordfish and put the combination of the both. You know, I have a, uh, I must have 500 cookbooks and they're all obsolete. I sit in my office and I just go on and I click a, a recipe that kicks up. But Christine will get up in a little bit and she'll make sure she posts this recipe because this is one that I'd like to see uh, uh, guys use. And matter of fact, I'll make sure that I find one that she can post that calls for an anchovy filet because uh, that's something that I learned from the uh, Italian chef that I was working for. And at first I was like, I thought it was repugnant because I didn't really think that it belonged in there, but it really does give a real little extra edge to your greens. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm going to try that with all my vegetables from now on. No, you'll uh, love it. You'll great, love it. Great you know, tip. The, the saltiness and, and if you love fish, and that's the thing, I, I don't understand people who say they love fish and then they name a fish that doesn't taste like a fish. Um, this this ta- this has that ocean taste to it, so it's a, it's a really nice component. Okay, Pat, well, we got a rock, man, but uh, give us our hey, two locations. You guys. Have a great no, day. Before yeah. you go, give us our two stores, man, to get people out there and check oh, out the beautiful tree. Okay, we're at 1300 South Federal Highway mm-hmm. in Dania, just north of uh, Sheridan Street on US 1 Corridor. Okay. And for 28 years, we're on Park Road in Sheridan Street, right across from T.Y. Park, rocking to 4 a.m., Live music Friday and Saturday night. And see that 17-foot gigantic, beautiful tree, I might add. Holy crap. Well, that is that is a showstopper. At our barbecue <laughs> on US-1 Corridor, we have a 17-foot uh, North Carolina Fraser fir, all decorated up by Ricky Flowers from Bayfront Flowers. All right. Bought right here at Little Flower Church. Thank right. you, guys. Thanks, Pat. Bye, Bye. now. We got Chris uh, in for uh, Ricardo is telling me it's time to cut. So the big show next with Jeff DeForest, Paul Pauly, man, Dave Wiggles, Gurgly. Highly a Park Trivia Challenge, a big bag of prizes. Mr. Waters, have a fine day, my brother. You too, Mr. Brandon. And, and uh, maybe we'll see you Wednesday night. I will, I'll be there. Come on, man. Okay. Join me, buddy. Okay. I think I will. All right. I think I will. Jeff DeForest next. And, of course, Sports Doc all day long right here. The one, the only, 940 Wins Miami Sports.